This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Colorado Hunting Hub Podcast, where we cover hunting in the West, but mostly hunting in the destination state of Colorado. You'll find information that will help you plan, prepare, and motivate you for your hunt, but also keep you updated on happenings in the Western hunting world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Alright, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing my very first in-person interview on a hunting podcast. You gave me some really unique ideas, and we're talking about Pilates today. What the heck does Pilates have anything to do with hunting? Uh, why are we talking about Pilates on a hunting podcast? I got a lot of questions, and uh, I have a lot of a big pride barrier to break through with Pilates. And I think this is an important thing to talk about. And you gave me some other really good ideas for podcasting, so we'll uh, we'll have some unique things here. So first, introduce yourself. Okay. Um... Well, thank you for having me, Clint. This is exciting. I've never been on a podcast before, so hopefully I don't mess up. Uh, my name is Sarah Slifko, and I recently got certified as a Pilates instructor and um, am working to open my own business soon, my own studio. Um, and I guess the reason I'm here today is because we stumbled upon a hunting conversation that kind of revolved around well, my husband for one, and then Pilates, since I just got certified and that's all I can think about. Um, but talking about how it's affected him or improved his uh, performance hunting, and then um, just in general, how it helps with functional movement um, in real life. But yeah, today, I think we're specifically just going to delve in into the benefits of Pilates and hunting. Um, and 
the day we started talking about this, we decided to hang myself upside down. Oh, yeah. To uh, <laughs> fix my back pain by stringing me up with a rope on our challenge course and yanking me up into the air. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we figured there was probably a better solution to that, yeah. which there is. Uh, but I needed some instant relief for my <laughs> jacked up back. So uh, what's, first off, let's plug your business. Before okay. we lose my hunter audience to talking about Pilates, plug uh, your business real quick and we'll come back to it again. Okay. So my business is called Western Slope Pilates right now. It's an in-home studio located in Badwood Mesa, Colorado. But in the next couple of months, it may move. Um, the website's westernslopepilates.com. So look it up if you're interested in any lessons. I'm also offering online Zoom mat classes uh, Tuesday nights at 6.30 and another night will be determined um you can also email me or call me or email me uh at sarah at western slope pilates.com for more information perfect and first off what's your connection to hunting uh as i said my husband is a hunter i mentioned to you clint that i don't think i would have met him if he wasn't a hunter um i don't have a history a personal history in hunting but um he moved out to colorado five years ago maybe six years ago, uh, but had hunted here for several seasons prior to that. So the draw of hunting brought him to be resident of Colorado. I'm uh, from Colorado, so thankfully he decided to come this way, and that's how we we met and everything worked out for us. So it is kind of an integral factor for my life. It's created like a, a new chapter in my life, having a husband who hunts. If he hadn't hunted, I would never have met him. And I might still be single. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm relieved to have met him and I am relieved he's a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, I've, I've had to explain what a podcast is to some of my buddies, and that's a common thing. So let's uh, let's first explain what Pilates is, because I had to ask that question not a year ago. Yeah. So uh, Pilates is somewhat similar to yoga, just in the sense that there's a mat under you for a lot of the exercises, but it's different in a, in a few ways. Um, I won't tell you the differences. I'll just define Pilates for you, and then we'll go from there. So Pilates is a form of low-impact exercises that aims to strengthen muscles while improving postural alignment and flexibility with focus on the core muscles as well as full body integration. It's an innovative and safe system of mind-body um, exercises using a floor mat or a variety of equipment, of equipment. It was developed early in the 20th century by Joseph Pilates, and he called this method con- controlology, which is the art of controlled movement. So that's the long, sweet definition. <laughs> so when I first was told I needed Pilates, and that was a trip to the, the spinal surgeon because I was having lower back pain, and find out I got degenerative disc disease and herniated discs in my lower back. I'm only 33. Mm. So that sucks. Yeah. But I'm 6'7", and that's what is contributing, I believe, to that, as well as overloading uh, my back with with a lot of weight, as hunters often do. Backpackers are not often putting 100 to 150 pounds on their back. Mm -mm. 30, 40 pounds is now a common weight for a backpacker with lightweight gear Mm. so that is probably something i'm probably not the only one out there with lower back pain i think that's probably a pretty common thing and something that that holds us up in in the house or or 
makes day two of a hunt or day four of a hunt really, really tricky. So, uh, what can you tell us about (laughs) getting past this pride thing? Like I, I am, I, I struggled with that and I still do a little bit. I, I'm, even though I'm a dad now, I, I have dropped a little less shame and I'm good <laughs> with doing whatever. Uh, so I'll, I'll do some goofy stretches in the living room when I motivate myself <laughs> to do them. <laughs> but it took a little bit to say, yeah, I'm a dude and I'm going to do this thing called Pilates to help my back. Yeah. So what can you do and what can you say to to help some other folks some of our tough guys mm-hmm. break through that pride barrier to why this would be worth it. I should be worth it. Yeah. So the first thing I'll mention um, is that Pilates was developed by uh, in the military for men. So its initial oh yeah its origination I had no idea. <laughs> started with um well it was really interesting. Joseph Pilates, the originator, was a prisoner of war, and while he was a prisoner of war during World War II. He implemented Pilates, uh, this this exercise regimen, um, kind of what I mentioned before, the definition of it, the full body integration for other prisoners of war. And he developed the practice. They worked, a lot of these men worked with him through the exercises because they they didn't have anything else they could do. And there was no equipment at that point. So yes, they were all doing a version of mat work. Probably they didn't have mats either, but it was all originated uh, in the early 20th century from him and then he after the war had ended he actually got offered a job uh, uh for the german military although he wasn't an axis power he was i think a prisoner of war he was i think he's hungarian so he was a prisoner of war probably by the axis powers so just to clear that up he's on the right side um <laughs> but he refused uh and then he fled to the united states with his wife in which they actually started their business, their Pilates business. Once they got to the U.S., it kind of uh, evolved into a different niche, um, probably because it wasn't the war a war scene anymore. But that's where people who weren't necessarily in the military or men got involved in it. So its descent is originated for the male population. Uh, and the person who developed it was a man. So it's even though now a lot of women uh, are marketed, it's marketed towards women. By no means is it is it specific specifically meant for women. So describe a few things. Put a mental mm-hmm. image in our heads of what the heck you're doing and why you're doing it. Like I, all I can think of is some weird downward dog yoga thingy (laughs) uh, and visualizing some goofy movies of some sort where they're doing yoga so explain to us some some of those put some mental images in our head of what the heck you're doing and why you're doing it okay so there's fundamental exercises that um are the purposes to build an individual or somebody at any level up and warm them up for a full session of pilates so a the exercises include um, this thing called um, a pelvic curl, which is strange, but you're basically on your back lifting your hips into a bridge. And your head, your neck, your shoulders, like your upper shoulders, are all on the mat or the floor. Your feet are on the floor, your knees are bent, and then you're just rolling your spine one vertebrae at a time off of the mat as you lift your hips towards the sky and your arms are down to their to your sides. Uh, just to kind of um, break that down into anatomy your triceps are working 
if your arms are pressing into the mat and you're articulating your spine as you lift your hips towards the ceiling um, into this like into this like bridge shape. The backs of your legs are engaged, so your hamstrings and your glutes, and then your abdominals and then your multifidus, which is those muscles that align your spine to just keep your spine erect. Um, all of those things come come to create this full body exercise, and that's the first exercise you do in Pilates to warm your whole body up. It wakes up your spine and uh, elongates it, so it gives some space between that vertebrae. For people like you, Clint, who have the... Um, um, like her- herniated disc and that degenerative disc disease, it helps really stretch out that compressed that compressed area by co-contracting your ab, ab muscles and those back muscles. I think that's really important to understand because most guys that have a workout re- regimen, <laughs> if you're not throwing weight around, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I-, I never understood like, what is this 12-pound weight going to do? What's this 15-pound <laughs> weight going to do unless I'm doing some deltoid workout of some sort? But that was a difficult thing to start with until I had back issues to realize that, oh, I can't do mm-hmm. some of these activities. I actually needed to do baseline, baseline stuff, and I probably still need to do it. But uh, it's, it was a, it's a hard thing to understand until you have a back issue mm-hmm. that – those are elongating those spine, the spine and doing, doing some of those things. So continue. Okay. Um, I'll give you three more exercises and I won't go through the, the anatomical like process of each one, but the next one is the chest lift, which is basically a crunch, but you don't come up all the way into sit into, or basically like a, yeah, it's basically a crunch. Um, but you're not cranking your neck. Um, you're focusing on your lower abdominals and keeping your pelvis, like your hips, uh, stable, um, one special thing that Pilates always kind of like reiterates is keep maintaining a neutral back, a neutral spine and a neutral pelvis. There's a small space in your low back that's curved. That curve is natural. It helps, uh, it helps with the shock absorption of your spine. So that's something that's always cued. This is, that will be cued in the chest lift, basically just a crunch. But it's a slow movement where you integrate your breath pattern with it to help control those muscle groups. Um, The next one is chest lift with rotation. So what you can imagine, it's like a crunch, but you're staying lifted through your head, neck, and chest and rotating to each side of your body to work those oblique muscles. The last one is a spine twist. You're on your back, hands are out to the sides, and then you're you're in tabletop. So that's another Pilates term where you're... uh, Hip, hips are angled at 90 degrees with your legs and your knees uh, at 90 degrees as well. So you're making like a table with your shins and your knees are squeezing together. And then you just rotate your legs from one side to the other, keeping those knees together. That creates um, rotation in your spine, which is essential kind of as a warm up to get your spine ready for the rest of the hour. So those are the first like five fundamental exercises like you suggested Clint um men especially can kind of integrate into their if they do Pilates uh or if they're interested in it uh, besides loaded such heavily loaded exercises so hunters are dealing with uh carrying a heavy load Mm -hmm. how can that how can Pilates yeah okay how can you manage that with Pilates um well the first thing would be uh to integrate like the core muscles um, which Pilates is, that's like the main focus when, with Pilates is the core, the core muscle activation. So that would include 
your transverse abdominis, like your the underneath layer of of um, abdominals, like the ba- base one that kind of goes all the way across your stomach, um, your lower lower abdominals, your uh, back muscles like the multifidus, and then your glutes and your hamstrings, quads, but quads are like a dominating muscle group. Um, so anyways, if you've got a heavy load, really strengthening those core muscles, especially the abdominals and the back, co- like co-contracting, activate, activating and strengthening those muscles will help support your spine so that you're not relying on the joints or the, the vertebrae or whatever, um, your spinal column, the bones to support your body to stand up straight and right as you hold, as you're carrying a heavy load. Also that, um, natural curvature that I mentioned before will be, um, um, will, will be obvious. It'll be apparent because it, the natural curvature kind of is, it like maintains that curvature when your abdominal muscles, your core muscles are strong. So if you're stepping and you've got this heavy pack pressing, like pressing down on your spine as you step, that natural curvature is there to support the shock where your abdominals are else are the ones keeping you standing up straight instead of your joints. I've realized as soon as I hit 30, I can't be just stubborn and bull through something. That doesn't work. Mm. And I still, I still do it anyway, but now I'm getting hurt doing that mm. in my teens and twenties, whatever I do. I, you can throw weight on. So any of you listeners that are under 30, you're probably feeling that invincibility still and strong joints, strong back, all of that. And, uh, just last week we interviewed a gentleman from stop the wolf. He is 80. Oh, wow. He just shot a bull in a backcountry hunt. Uh, I can't remember if he said he's out for three to five days, an 80 year old man. Oh my gosh. Uh, so another shout out to Paul because uh, <laughs> oh. that uh, is unbelievable. Yeah. And knowing my family and what where we've been in our my grandparents and my dad will hopefully not be, but uh, where where everybody's been at the age of eighty is not in the backcountry hiking around with weight on their back. And his key thing was staying strong. He said, "Just stay strong," and. Uh, at some point, I'm going to drop my pride and, and uh, focus on that a little bit more. And, and we did a, a workout little thing way back and uh, through Exo Mountain Gear, our, our pack we, we gave away. And there was a really good workout specific for hunters doing some different different things with jogging and some and weight and box step ups and very simulating that sort of thing. So I think uh, so far... From what I understand, and have been told a thousand times from <laughs> you and my doctor and my wife and all kinds of people, that this, with some of that endurance-related piece, would would really help. So uh, I got more questions, but knee and hip issues. Mm, okay, tackle that. Okay, so apart from back issues, uh, we'll go with the the hip next. So um, men are notorious. Are men's the physiology? Uh, men's physiology is notorious for tight hips and sometimes inverted hips so they almost like because they're narrow they kind of rotate in um that's tough I'm sure because you're hiking all day with the pack and a lot of times it's uphill or downhill so it's not even flat ground and that's uh causing 
hip your hip flexors um so the muscles that like sit basically right on your hip that connect like your torso to your legs and then your rectus femoris your quads those get overworked um so I guess to to coincide with the tight hips men are also quad dominant uh and that just goes hand in hand with tight hips. If you're quad dominant, then all your work is going through your hip flexors, tightening your hips to the point where they start to hurt. And uh, there's also some cartilage or, uh, so the hip joint is a, what is it? A ball and socket joint. And so there's some padding in that socket for the ball to move in. But if you are hunting a lot obviously at some point and as you age your cartilage starts to deteriorate so that really can hurt your your hip muscle or your hips um the bones and not just the muscles so anyways with all of that um what men really should do for their tight hips is work on it's called um bilateral exercises um, and unilateral exercises. So unilateral exercises is one side of your body you're working. So you want to work one hip. So one leg is actually doing the work, but you're integrating the uh, hip flexors as well as the um, like leg extensors, back extensors, like the backs of your legs. So like laying on your side, lifting a leg. That's a good one. Yeah, that actually helps a lot with your oblique muscles, like the side, like if you have uh, one side weaker than the other. Surprisingly, a lot of like your side, uh, obliques do a lot of that work. If you're even just laying on your back, I know this sounds so basic, but if you're just laying on your back, your abs are engaged and you're lifting one leg up and lowering it down straight leg or bent. A lot of men can't straighten their legs all the way because their hamstrings are so tight. So you can even just do that. Um, that's, that's called leg extension. So just lifting and lowering a leg, but using your abs to basically control the movement, that'll help disassociate your leg your limb from your hip and give it some space give those muscles in the hip flexors a break work the backs of your legs and work your work your lower abs so um for you guys out there who complain after a day hunting and then coming back and sleeping in a cold camp at night I know your hip flexors get tight even sleeping when it's that cold you wake up the next morning and you can barely move your legs um definitely consider strengthening the backs of your legs like your hamstrings and your glutes and your lower abs to help um reduce that uh like that tightness or that stiffness and is that then, is that inflammation it is inflammation it's also just overuse of hip flexors um because our little stabilizers aren't solid little stabilizers yeah that's another thing with pilates the stabilizing muscles the the, the little muscles that nobody talks about especially at like large gyms where lots of weightlifting, um, those are the ones that are going to relieve the pain from your hip flexors or your hip muscles and your hip joints. Um, also doing hip flexor stretches. Don't do those cold though. Cause you poor guys, your hip flexors are already so tight. If you try to stretch them out cold, you're just going to pull a hip. You're just going to pull a hip, hip, <laughs> hip muscle. <laughs> so warm up a little bit. Use do some leg extensions. Um, oh gosh. I mean, you can do so many things with your hamstrings. Um, single yeah there's several different things but think about the hamstrings the glutes the lower abs focusing on exercises that revolve around those to help relieve any pain in your hip flexors and as we again get older i don't know how i think i have probably more older listening audience than i do 
under 18. <laughs> if you're under 21, let's say, biceps just don't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> big biceps, <laughs> big, big triceps, like whatever. And really in the field, if you are 220 and, uh, I don't know, six foot, it's almost too heavy. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to really cover some ground in the field, you don't want to be heavy. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, today, Sarah and I were teaching some challenge course stuff. It's not helpful to be big and muscular to go climbing around. Mm-hmm. You you want to be strong, but you do not want to be huge. Mm-hmm. That There's a lot of weight to carry around. Another four, 30 pounds of muscle that you're carrying around versus uh, some of the lightweight lean guys long guys are better hikers mm-hmm. yeah. i i am i am only a good hiker because i have long legs <laughs> and, and semi-strong but yeah. i have toothpicks for arms <laughs> and uh so that that's just one thing i've i've picked up is being huge is not important anymore yeah i got married already i have no one to impress no one to impress it's just more about performance now yeah i realized in Way back when in high school, these arms aren't ever getting any bigger. Image. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you're given what you're given, so might as well stabilize and make those smaller thing smaller muscles strong. Stronger. Mm-hmm. And I can be I can outperform probably those big guys. Yeah. In the honey in the in the field uh-huh. doing that sort of thing. Um so next would be uh knees. 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 Okay, so um so many people have knee injuries. I think they said it's the highest, uh, what is it? The highest insured injury or like the most common. Well, I know it's the most common workplace injury above any other injury. It's a knee injury. So, uh, there's a, I think there's a huge rate of people with knee issues over anything else. So that's definitely something, um, that you're not alone in if you have knee issues and you're a hike and you're a hunter. Uh, the things that, I would that one should focus on I guess related to knee issues is leg press type stuff I'm sure you guys if you guys have done any time in the gym you know what like leg presses are um but doing a version of leg presses that integrates again the backs of your leg muscles so not so much quads anymore but hamstrings and glutes um that way there's not that pressure uh from your um from your your quadricep into the cap of your knee or uh the surrounding um like muscles that support your knee sometimes that pressure from your quad from your quad muscles is what causes pain in your knee but sometimes it's just low cartilage count like you just don't have a high volume of cartilage to support those knee joints so again doing like exercises like leg presses um Actually, inner thigh work is really good for knee issues because a lot of people just have a strange gait. Um, maybe they walk like with their feet out or their feet in, and that changes not only your hips, but uh, the, it, your knees will turn in or out, and that causes long-term damage and chronic pain. So working on – there's so many things for your knees, actually. I could keep going and going. But um, key factors are just thinking about exercises that give your quads a break, work the backs of your legs, and then also try to find uh, – with Pilates, there's so many exercises that work the smaller muscles that support the knee that kind of take away all the pressure that the quads – and even if you are hamstring dominant, which not many people are, but um, 
it'll take those major muscle groups, give them a break. Um, one more thing is IT band. If it's not cartilage related, um, your IT band runs from your hip all the way to your knee. And that's basically just what keeps, uh, everything like in place. Um, if, yeah, from side to side, if you're going from side to side with your body and then just keeping you going forward if you're walking and stuff. If your IT band is tight, this is a really, this is like a misconception. So people will say stretch your IT band or roll it out with a foam roller, but that's not a good method. T, T, I, an IT band is what it's, uh, iliotubular, ilios, uh, I can't remember the long-term name of it, but it's a, it's a tendon. And so tendons are like rubber bands. You can stretch them all day long or massage them. They're just going to retract back to their original like elasticity. So what you need to do with an IT band, um, if, if you know it's an IT band issue, again, reduce the work and the load you're putting on your quads and transfer it to the back of your legs. Cause what's happening is the quad is pushing the IT band, uh, and causing pressure on it against your knee which then creates that pain in the side of your knee. Hmm. Well, that's the thing that's always pissed off on everybody. <laughs> yeah, and mine too. I have a really tight IT bands, but I notice it's usually just, sometimes it's the way I walk. So I have to remember to try and walk with my feet straight, my toes forward. Um, sometimes it's just doing a lot of running and I haven't uh, stretched my quads or f- fired up the backs of my legs enough. You see you see all kinds of people just in public Yeah, walking in a way that you're like, they got to just be in pain from yeah. the way they're walking. That or, has to, and not just standing up straight, yeah. sitting. I am not sitting with good posture right now. I know, I like <laughs> nothing. I never sit <laughs> But just holding yourself in a way uh-huh. and, and walking straighter or walking more upright and with the tighter core or whatever else, mm-hmm. it's going to keep us in the field longer. You know, really, and allow us to do what we want to do longer. Yeah. So, uh, the next is uh, being overweight and or and or joint impact. Like I swear, I could jump off a house when I was eighteen. Yeah. And I could handle that. And now it's like getting off of a the back of my truck (laughs) is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna step down nice and easy, Mm -hmm. and and the joint impact is noticeable now. I've been tough on my on my body. Uh, through wrestling in college was not easy mm-hmm. on my body at all. Uh, but I've been fortunate enough not to have any knee injuries, but still feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel the, the, the impact and I am not overweight by any means. No. <laughs> uh, but I feel that joint impact. And then you take guys that are overweight and you feel that I'm sure they feel that impact yeah. carrying around another 40 plus pounds that they shouldn't be carrying around. Yeah. So besides losing weight, which everybody most people probably strive to do, but it's a difficult, difficult thing. Mm-hmm. So say we got somebody that would be overweight and they're coming out to Colorado for a, a hunt. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Yeah. So um, one fun fact, I guess for every pound that you weigh, that's six, a 60 pound load on your knees. So that's like a crazy amount of weight if you're overweight as it is, if you want to use that as a motivator for hunting. <laughs> um, that's one thing. And uh Aging is tough, you know, our bodies are degenerating or deteriorating. And I know it's not like a fun thing to talk about, but I think accepting that and understanding like I've got to offset it because my age isn't working for my body anymore. It's against it. So you, you, yeah, you have to offset that. Um, For somebody who is overweight coming out to Colorado to hunt, 
to hunt. First of all, um, <laughs> adjust to the altitude before you uh, jump up to like 10,000 feet. That'll at least help your blood flow <laughs> and um, it'll help with muscle recovery. But uh, the next thing I think would be to do some Pilates before you get out here and focus on if it's joint related, focus on elongation Um I don't know. The best thing I can say, especially if you're overweight, is to get on equipment. Find a Pilates instructor near you who's who, if you're out of state, um, that you can trust and go to to teach you some Pilates on equipment because um, the equipment is the the equipment that is has been created and developed is to prevent um, what am I trying to say? Like impact. So it's all low, low impact equipment and it prevents that load or that like compression of joints and it helps support you as you move. So by the time you get out to Colorado, um, your knees have that muscular support, um, your hips, even your feet, your ankles, um, your back, your neck, you just get to work on elongating the body and um, just supporting your spine and all those joints on equipment um there's a lot of equipment exercises but I can't I, I'm afraid if I say them it'll just lose people so yeah that's what I'd suggest to do get on some equipment okay uh so you mentioned earlier some recovery things yes we could prepare and get out uh but is there some things that maybe get back to camp get back to whatever that is if that's a truck or the tent or whatever we put in a 15 mile day. It's mm-hmm. not unheard of to do, do that. My buddy who is goat hunting did 21 miles wow. in one day Wow! and like goat hunting. So you're going up, up, mm-hmm. up and down in the maroon bells and he's covering some serious ground. Uh, if he wasn't an animal like he is, shout out to you, Jason. Nice work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're always listening. Oh. Um, but, uh, if you if you weren't an animal like he is, how do you recover in after let's just say even a five to yeah. fifteen mile hike? What yeah. do you what can you do just in okay. the in camp? Well, let's see. The things that are probably hurting the most are your feet, um, your legs, and your back. Can you tell me if there's anything else that if you had to like relive it in the moment, like what would hurt? Um, little bit of or just mainly your your quads and hamstrings quads i think you're that and if you're carrying a bunch of weight maybe but it's mm-hmm. that and your glutes and just that if mm-hmm. you're covering a lot of elevation gain your legs your legs yeah. yeah your legs are hurting yeah well you're clearly warmed up <laughs> once you get back so i would spend uh so in an hour of pilates you spend a, a good 10 minutes just stretching um, but it's active stretching. So what you want to do, especially for your quads, is get in your knees. Your knees are just beaten up yeah. from pounding downhill and going uphill. That's, and I, I don't necessarily feel that. Mm-hmm. But if on a long, long day, that's probably something that people are going to experience. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, so I'll start with the quads and hamstrings and finish with the knees. So uh, you want to do some sort of lunge, um, stretch, uh, just to start to feel those hamstrings stretch out from the day or quads stretch out from the day. Um, what I would suggest instead of just like resting in it, 
if you guys know what I mean, sometimes if you stretch, you kind of rest into the joint too much and you don't support it. So a way to support a lunge is to draw your, draw your belly in and, um, open up like through your breastbone, like through your chest, but keep that belly drawn in and then stretch out the, uh, quad. That way your back is not feeling kinked. Sometimes you'll do lunge and your back sort of kind of folds over or folds with the lunge and then hamstrings same thing you're lunging but you're kind of sitting back into um the back of the leg instead of forward into the front of the leg uh, and just keep those abs engaged I would hold those exercises for three to five breaths and two reps and then for your knees um that one I think is tough because you d- are probably too tired to do a lot of exercises with your legs. Um, I would just say to stretch out those hamstrings and uh, quads. Um, oh, and if your glutes are sore too, you can like sit on the mat or sit on the on the ground um, and just kind of do like a butterfly. So bent knees and then feet together. Um, and then, yeah, it's hard to, to say, but not to demonstrate, but if you can find a good glute one that um, doesn't impact, like doesn't affect your spine, that would probably, all those would probably, I guess, as a result of stretching them would help your knees out. Um, I will mention with feet, give particular attention to your feet, guys. I know you guys are tough um, and I'm a girl and my feet always hurt after I hike that long, but like massage them and roll them over some like round rocks or something so that you can just like just yeah get those muscles relaxed because if your feet are hurting then you're going to the next day you're going to do some sort of like compromised walk or whatever you're gonna um can't think of the word but it's gonna affect your knees and then your hips so really just like give special attention to those things that are aching um after you get back from a long day uh, I just had some Tylenol PM and some Aleve for the next day and a glucosamine. That was oh, my that was your recovery. <laughs> that was my recovery plan, <laughs> and <laughs> so I could sleep. Yeah. So I could just mask the pain. That was my goal. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you got to do, though. Unfortunately, I'm sure if you're out there long enough, you're like nothing's working. Sure. So, but I, I absolutely was not stretching whatsoever. Nothing, yeah. but that makes sense. You know, yeah. you stretch before and after a workout, so why not stretch and do some couple of little little things? It's hard to do in the woods. I never had an easy time stretching either when I was out in the woods. And I guarantee yeah. you not many of us have even thought about that. Oh. <laughs> See, I, that's the problem. I think about it, so I should know better, and <laughs> I still didn't do it. So I'm uh, a hypocrite myself. I hey, <laughs> this is great advice. Somebody's <laughs> going to pick this up and, and hear it and be like, that actually helped me. Yeah, next day down so. the road, and I was able to go to the next day because there's yeah. a lot of fat old guys out there that are out of shape coming to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that most of the elk are not necessarily 100 yards Near from that, the road. Yeah, nearly as close as they want. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to kind of want to wrap things up a little bit, but uh, give us something. Uh, you've mentioned some a couple of things, but what can we do? Where would we go to learn? Um, we not everybody's here on the western slope uh if you're in the grand junction to even glenwood springs area what sarah has here might benefit benefit you on a local basis but you've also got your zoom classes that could help and uh if you're out there a ways uh but it's a new business and so you've got some some growing and some things to figure out and a 
location to nail down yeah. also. So we're, we're early yet, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but help us. What can we, I, I didn't even know where to really start mm-hmm. either. So, um, well, I would say if you're nearby, I do have equip. I have a full set of equipment and a space in my apartment. It's in home, which is a, which is common for people starting out, like getting their business going as Pilates instructors. But so don't feel weird if you're going to someone's house to practice Pilates. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but if you're um, new to the concept and today's like the first day you've ever heard of it and has anybody has ever related it to hunting, um, definitely look look online or look word of mouth, whatever, just talk to somebody who's uh, certified as an instructor and has um, not only uh, like the ability to teach you mat work, like mat, a mat class, so you can take that into the field with you, but equipment classes. Equipment classes are so beneficial for people with uh, injuries and pathologies or who are previous athletes who are living with chronic pain. It's so, so beneficial. And having a certified instructor guide you through exercises uh, it, it, it's not, I will, I will disclaimer this Pilates lessons, especially private lessons are not cheap, but the amount of work an instructor has to put in to provide the service and the knowledge is worth it. The quality is there. Um, and you'll get You've that. got some serious hours. Yeah. I mean, I had to get at least 500 hours, uh, comprehensively. So between observing teaching and self-practice and you can't get certified for pretty much under pretty any umbrella basically without those hours. So don't feel, don't feel, um, like apprehensive about the safety behind it. Uh, just talk to an instructor and find one who suits you. Men definitely, uh, feel self-conscious about it because a lot of instructors are females. I will say my test that I had to take was, um, led by a, a man. He owns a Pilates studio. Um, but, and he's like a big, um, he's really active. He loves to, um, surf and, He's yeah, he's really a guy's guy and um but don't feel weird about it. Uh private lessons are common, so accept that if you need it. Uh <laughs> Clint, I'm kidding. I do. <laughs> um I would suggest it if you have any disc issues or back issues. Um I would not suggest finding an advanced mat class online if you've never done Pilates. Find an intro level class and look at the person's credentials before you start if you're from out of state and you don't want to go to an actual studio or you don't live near a studio. Uh, Do your research and study the exercises because if they're not done correctly, they're done incorrectly, which will cause, um, uh, what am I trying to say, imbalances in your body and can result in long-term damage. So Pilates is safe under under in a safe setting. It can be unsafe if you're uneducated. Um, the other thing I would say is like, yeah, don't worry about pride. No one cares, but you, (laughs) Uh, and no one's going to think less of you. In fact, I think you might be able to start some, um, pretty interesting conversations and tie it back to hunting. Um, if you're into it. And really, if we want to be hunting when we're 80, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things I realize we have to do. Yeah. To stay strong. Yeah. It's one of those options to stay strong Mm -hmm. and, uh, joint health is, and, They'll stabilize their muscles or yeah, they're key. Pretty, pretty important. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. That's what's so great about it. So yeah. So plug your business again. Western we... Slope Pilates. Email me at Sarah, no H, S A R A, at westernslopepilates.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with us about this this oh, topic. Thanks for having totally me. This off is the exciting. Wall, different kind of topic, and we'll. Yeah. Uh, We'll chat soon on again on another topic. Yeah, there's more. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks.
my ground. This is God's country.